Uh, certainly we have an obligation to be thinking, to be taking notice of those about us, what's happening, what their condition is, and then, okay, is there something that we need to do then? Is there something we can do to help meet a need, whatever that need is and whatever form it takes? Uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 30. And I'm going to actually pick up. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll start with 30. Uh, you could go back to verse 25 to get the whole context. But if we begin with verse 30, it, it, it'll do what I want to do this morning. Uh, and as, as I read it, as we read it together, what I want to do is I want to come back and I want to look everything we've been talking about and see in this story this, that, that the Lord used, this example that the Lord used, what do we see relative to what we've been talking about? All right? So we'll begin Matthew, uh, Luke 10, verse 30. And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance, there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. And then the question that was asked of the Lord, which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor. Remember, love thy neighbor, okay? Which was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves. So, just take a look and tell me what the first thing you see there is about the Samaritan. We, we're not going to talk about the priest and the Levite. Um, uh, and, and I'm not going to talk a lot about, obviously, the, 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 the rift, the, the tension, the, the, the hatred that there was between the Jews and the Samaritans. But I just want to look at this Samaritan. And you tell me the first thing that Scripture tells us about him. Compassion. 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 Remember everything we've been talking about and we, we dealt with last week? It all starts out of love. There's got to be a heart. Now, it can be purely out of obedience, but to be as the Lord would have it to be, 
the two summary of the commandments. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Love thy neighbors thyself. All right? We're in the summary of the, ten, of, the, of the moral law in the Ten Commandments, the Eighth Commandment. So loving thy neighbor and loving the Lord in how we deal with our neighbor obviously is there. So we see that he's compassion, compassionate. So, uh, and again, I don't think these little things are by accident that the Lord, the Holy Spirit, as he inspired the word of God when it was written, points out little things. You know, we're told, so we're told that the priest and the Levite effectively were not compassionate. No, weren't compassionate. Don't know why. We aren't told, but we're told the Samaritan was compassion, had compassion on this Jew. All right. His, and again, don't miss the fact that compassion by a Samaritan for a Jew was unheard of. Samaritans just weren't compassionate and vice versa. Now that, that's something that tells us about this Samaritan, that he had something going on in his heart and mind that was unnatural, because it was not natural. Or the Samaritans, for the Jews to have anything to do with the Samaritans. Remember the Lord with the woman at the well. What, why are you asking me? You know, I, you Jews hate us. Why are you? So anyway, all right. What's the next thing we see? I want I want us to see in this what this Samaritan used that the Lord had given him. Let's identify. Everything this Samaritan used that was his in this, in this story the Lord told, this example the Lord gave. So, what's the first, after the compassion, he had compassion. So, what did he do? He went to him. He stopped, and he did what? All right, but, but before, in one sense... What's the first thing he's giving up? Before we get to the... His time. His time. His time. So, time. You know, we've talked about how this commandment applies to everything. And he could say, I just don't have time. Yeah, I got to be somewhere. But he stopped. And he went to him. He took his time. All right, and then what did he do? He poured in. So what did he use? He, he used things, possessions, provisions that he had. Jordan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so he, he gave of essential stuff. Jordan's pointed out the oil and wine here are things that are used were used in that time medicinally, as well as they may be used for other things, but certainly were used medicinally, and that's what he was using it for as he poured it in. He was taking care of this man's needs, the wounds, uh, 
pretty severe apparently. Don't know if they stabbed him or what they did. They left him half dead. So they, they beat up on him pretty good. So he uses, he uses the oil and wine, the, the things, the, the, the crucial things in this case of life. You know, that, and again, we aren't told. That immediate response by this Samaritan may have saved this Jew's life. All right? Some of the cleansing and the purifying, I'm sure some of the uh, aspect of this was to help uh, clean out the wounds and to sterilize as much as possible. And so he pours in the oil and the wine, all right? Then what does he do? What's the next thing he uses? All right, he used his animal. He, he, he put him in his car, took him to the emergency room, took him to an inn in this case, but he used his vehicle, his means of transportation. All right, so we've got him using the, um, the animal. What else? Sent him on his beast, brought him to an inn and took care of him, more of his time, a lot of his time now. Spends a day. Spends a day. Jordan? A little louder. I'm... Yeah. Yeah, and I think it wouldn't be too far. Jordan's pointing out that by putting this this wounded man on his beast, then there was some element of inconvenience to the Samaritan. Either he walked, which probably was the case because he wasn't going anywhere fast. He wasn't trying to jostle. I mean, he's taking care of this guy. He realizes he's wounded, he's weak. Uh, I suspect keeping him on the beast may have been a bit of a chore as well. Uh, he may have just been kind of walking right beside and, and just steadying him some. So we, we can picture this and fill in some of the blanks uh, in a reasonable way. I don't think is, uh, is, is bad. But yeah, uh, or else if he puts the man on, maybe there's stuff he had to take off and just leave. Some of his own stuff to make room or so that the beast just didn't crumble under um, the weight and the load that he was asked to carry. It was asked to carry. All right? All right, and we've, then he takes him to the end, and what does he do there? Yeah, he, he's taking care of him, so he stays with him, stays up perhaps all night, just providing. Don't know. We aren't told that part. But it, we are told that he 
brought him to an inn and took care of him. So whatever that entailed, based on his needs, he was doing. Then on the next day, what did he use? Used his money. Used his money. He gave money to the innkeeper and said, here you go. This will pay for, for the time we've been here, for the night yesterday, to last night, today. And take care of this guy. Keep him here until he's able enough to, to travel, to, to leave. Take care of him. And we've got to assume, I think probably in this process, that this Samaritan also gave him some of his clothes. Because we are told that the, the robbers stripped him. So he probably said, here, uh, here's, here's some garments and put them on him even at the scene where he found him. All right? And then what's the last thing that you see here? Kind of interesting. In, in, the, in the grand scheme of business matters, wouldn't happen today, would it? But what happens when, when he's paying the, the innkeeper? What does he tell him? Take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, uh, when I come back, I, I'll pay you the extra. I'll pay you whatever I owe you when I come back. Right, uh-huh. Yeah, you expect me to believe that? No, no, no. You give me money up front. But I, I take it from this that perhaps the innkeeper, this guy, has stayed there before. And so... What's he doing when he's asking the innkeeper to take care of him? And, I, and if I owe you more, he gave him extra. He gave him more than was owed at the time. But if I owe you more, I'll make it up to you. What was he using that he had? Yeah. He was using his honor, his good name, wasn't he? So, quite, quite a picture here, isn't it? In effect, what didn't he use? What did he not use that he could have used? Everything he gave, in one sense, by starting, he gave of his heart with a compassion. And then just asset after asset, time, and, and his honor, and his assets, his money, his, vehicle, his means of transportation, his clothes, his, his uh, oil, his wine. I'm not sure what else there would have been that he could have given. And again, this is an example, Lord. What, what do I need to do? You need to be, need to be mindful of using what the Lord's given you to help others. And then he gives him an example that covers everything you could have, at least in the, in the general sense. I, again, I, I looked at it and I thought, what, what did this man, what else? What else could there have been that this Samaritan could have given up for this Jew? For this Jew. Remember we talked about even your enemies helping them? That being part of the outworking of this commandment. 
So all of that was under our how, uh, excuse me, under, under to whom, what our end goals were, our end goal. And in this case, we could say the end goal was just to be kind. Samaritan wasn't sharing the gospel. The Jew is the one that had the gospel. All right? It's just somebody who perhaps was a converted Samaritan, someone who had come to know the Lord, but now he's just when Christ. And I hope, I hope in all of this, as we think about giving and doing, that, that, that it takes us back to what Christ did. Because he was here on earth. Did Christ limit what he did? Oh, you, you've got to be a true follower of me before I'm going to heal you. Or before I'm going to teach you. Or before I'm going to, you know, pray or whatever it is. No. No. Christ ministering everybody. Healed sick. Healed sick that I think we can safely assume from some of what Scripture reveals about some of the things that he did and what people did as a result. He fed people. He healed people that are in hell today. All right? But there are some that he healed and some that he fed that are in glory today. But he didn't isolate what he did for folks. And he gave of himself constantly. Remember, when he was, his disciples had come back, and one of the Gospels, maybe a couple of them, talk about it. But he sees, they're kind of tired, so he says, hey, let's just get away over here and rest. All right? Uh, just, just get aside, and now you, you, you've worked, you've done, and, and you're tired. You need a little rest. So let's get over here and rest. And as they go to get some rest, here's this big multitude that comes. And the Lord, seeing the multitude, was filled with what? Compassion. Was filled with compassion. And he stopped. Realizing, okay, he started with taking his disciples and getting them away. And they wind up helping him as he teaches and then as he feeds. And they're brought into that. So even... You know, when we're tired, hey, I just need to get away. Well, it's good. It does help to get away sometimes. But even when we're tired, okay, that doesn't, shouldn't cut off the compassion. Okay, Lord, just give me some strength and help me do what I need to do. For this person, for these people, whatever the case may be. And I think as we, as we look and consider Christ in, in his life and what he did, what we're talking about, I always say, all we're doing is being Christ-like as we do these things. This Samaritan was Christ-like. 
I don't know his heart, but he certainly was Christ-like. He gave his all. Didn't he? Gave his all. What is that? What did Christ? Christ gave his life. He gave his all. Didn't hold back anything. Laid aside his glory. Came to earth. Laid aside his honor and, and took upon himself the form of a man. The creator took upon himself the form of the creature. And then suffered, gave, fed, healed, and then suffered at their hands and ultimately died at their hands. Didn't hold back anything. Did it with joy, we're told. Did it with the joy that was set before him. He understood the end goal. And it, obviously, his heart was perfect. But it motivated him. Because joy is an emotion that comes from the heart. Right? The Lord was filled with joy with what was set before him to do for his people. All right, so our end goal we talked about, and that was simply one of them, simply to, to meet a need perhaps. Then finally, how do we do it? How, how is this done? Now you think about it in Scripture. In other words, when I say how is it done, how do you fulfill your obligation? Do you do it by putting a check in the offering at the church? Do you do it by whatever? And so I want to think, again, using always, we want to use Scripture as our guide. So most of the Scripture we've looked at is directed to who? To, and I'll give you a multiple choice, to individuals, to the church, to the nation, to everybody in general. So, which one do you pick? What do you think? Where does it all have to start? With the individual, doesn't it? I mean, when we're talking about doing something out of love, the, the federal government doesn't have love, all right? It's, it's not something they're capable, it's capable of having. Now, people that make it up could. The church doesn't have, as an entity, built into it love. The people that make up the church hopefully do, which then emanates out from the church. But it all has to start with the individual. And most of the scripture we've looked at is, is directed to individuals. When you see you need to love your neighbor 
as yourself. You need and I need to love the Lord our God with all our heart. Now it doesn't mean, and we're going to talk about this, there are times where it, it would be collective. But as a general rule, it's going to be the individual that's got to, to do whatever's going to be done. Take a look at Matthew 5. And I don't have these in any particular order, but Matthew 5, verse 42, just a general one of verses, and we're just going to look at a few of these verses. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. All right? Individual. Individual. Look at 1 Timothy 6.18. First Timothy six eighteen that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. And and again, this is just part. Charge them, verse seventeen, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high minded, da 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 da. And then in eighteen, that they do good. So you're charging a group of people, but it's directed to them individually. It doesn't say now they've all got to get together and combine their wealth or do whatever. Uh, and then 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Verses 6 and 7. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, just what we were talking about, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. All right? So directed to the individual. So it all starts with the individual. So, you know, that may be you dealing with somebody that lives on your street, you helping a brother or a sister in the Lord, whatever. Right? We've talked about the ways to do it. So we've got individual, and I would suggest that Scripture predominantly, this, the carrying out, the fulfilling of this commandment, this aspect of this commandment, uh, is directed primarily to individuals. Now, that being said, right, Scripture also teaches that we are to give our tithes and our offerings to what? To, to, to the church, ultimately. Started that way. You brought it to the temple, to the synagogue. You, you gave, if you were a Jew, you went to the Lord's work. And why did, why did that money need to go there? What did that money do? At least in part. What did the Lord do at the very beginning relative to the Levites? Yeah, they, 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 didn't, they didn't get an inheritance, did they? They didn't have land. 
They have one job. You're to serve me in this manner. And people, you will take care of them. Because they're serving you while they're serving me. So the money came in. You had to build the temple. You had to build the synagogues. Took money to do that. And I don't know what they did for heat and air conditioning. But, uh, you know, fans in the, in the windows and <laughs> whatever. Uh, but, you know, and then, of course, how many? I mean, you had the priest. You had the singers. You had the people that had to clean up. You had the people who had to make sure the supplies were there. I mean, this whole group, the Levites, lots of people. And they had to be taken care of. The Lord provided some of their food from some of the offerings. Remember? A part of it went to the priest of some of the offerings. So you've got tithes and offerings, and and Scripture tells us. So your first obligation, notwithstanding the individual, because tithes and offerings start with the individual as well, don't they? So, Bob. If you fulfill your obligation to tithes to the church, uh, does that uh, you still have an obligation to give to anybody that asks you for Yeah, let's, we'll go ahead and talk about that. All right, so, because this is where I was going. So, so in one sense, as a believer, your first obligation is to bring to the Lord your tithes and offerings. And generally, that's going to be in the church. Now, some people will support missionaries. Some people will support perhaps other works. But I would suggest to you that that cannot be, should not be, Exclusively, you have an obligation to the church that you're a part of, that's ministering to your needs, to your family, seeking to, and through which you minister to others in the body. Okay? So you've got the tithes and offerings. Now, say, okay, if I bring my tithes and offerings and and Bob's question. So where does that leave me now relative to ministering to others? Do I still have an obligation to use that which I have to minister to others? Anybody got any thoughts? Charlie? And can't we just go back and look at what we just looked at at the beginning, the Samaritan? Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know if he was ministering, giving his tithes and offerings.
Yeah. Yeah. So who's your neighbor? Well, for this, in that example, well, let's take the worst in that day and age, the worst extreme. Your, your most present enemy can be your neighbor. All right? So, now how does this work out, though? If I've given, then monetarily, because we're talking tithes and offerings, we're talking about money. There was a time where it may have included fruits and whatever else you may have had. Jordan? Okay, good. Kevin? How we, what's going on in our heart? Again, it, it's, I mean, it struck me, I, I don't know, but just how much I constantly need to have a heart of compassion. I mean, that's not, a, that's not an optional thing. That's a 24-7 thing. And you stop and think about how this plays out, how could it be anything else? Because you're in relationships constantly. And so it's, it's, and then I, you know, used to, okay, then, so if it's 24-7, 365, how does it work? You know, and, and questions in the, in the comments are helping us, again, see that, okay, I mean, for most of us, I think growing up culturally, there would have been the mindset that, number one, if I've given my tithes and offerings, number, I'm, in a, I'm in a bit of a minority. There are not a lot of folks that do that. There are not a lot of folks in the church. I won't say a lot. There are some folks in the church that don't do that. Right? So 
what I do and how I do it, then, but this compassion doesn't stop with that. I can't turn the compassion off because I've done this. Now, keep in mind, what's our qualifying, what's our qualifying phrase in our Giving and lending freely, what? According to our abilities. This is not an unreasonable thing. This isn't, well, I got to take my last dollar. Or I can ignore my obligations to my family. The Lord expects us to be thinking and to be reasonable and to Understand where our obligations are. And I may not have that ability to meet this need. I'm not saying the good... Would we, would we have thought any less of the Good Samaritan if he had stopped, if he had simply put the man on his beast and taken him someplace and said... Here, he's one of y'all's take care of it. He still did more than the priest and the Levite did, didn't he? And we might have said, wow, yeah. Well, comparing, when I compare, Samaritan wasn't comparing himself with anybody. He was just doing. And he was doing because he had compassion. Right? So, but at the same time, I suspect... If what the Samaritan was using were some of the medical supplies, we talked about the oil and the wine. Well, what if he had a sick child at home that needed that? Ooh, get a little tougher now. So does he use it? Well, then he says, well, I have the means, I can get more. So yes, I can use it. No, I don't have the means. So I certainly can't use all of it because my child needs it. And my obligation first is to my child. The Lord puts responsibilities. You marry, you have a responsibility. You have children, you have a responsibility. Right? Just like in the church. You're part of a church, you have a responsibility. There are benefits that go along with those, but there are responsibilities as well. So we have the, uh, the responsibility to meet needs, to be right thinking. But to wind this one up, and we'll, we'll talk about the other means next Lord's Day because I'm out of time. But tithes and offerings monetarily. If that's all you have the ability to do, have you met your obligation? And then are you expected to do something else? No. If, you, if that's you're, you're then you've already stretched your abilities, humanly speaking. You've already said, I, I don't say I'm going to meet my obligations. But you give anyway. Because that's what the Lord has asked you to do. Um, but do you... You know, where do you go from there? Do you then go beyond 
and put yourself further in debt. Well, I'll just go get money on, on my credit card and help you out with cash. Now, that wouldn't be a real smart thing, would it? If you're already wondering how you're going to pay the, the balance you got on that credit card to start with. So the Lord doesn't ask us to do stupid things. He just doesn't. He asks us to use the guidelines he's given in his word. And say, okay, yeah, I can do this. I can't do this. So if we can't do it, then what do we do? Well, we'll talk about that next week. So you'll have to come back next week to find out what you're supposed to do. <laughs> now, you probably already know. But uh, in any event, so tithes and offerings is a starting place. But, Bob, does that answer the question, sort of? Okay, good. Good. All right. Well, again, thanks for input and discussion. And uh, we'll come back next week to consider other things. Be thinking about, be thinking about if you can think of any place in Scripture where government met needs. Okay? Just be thinking about that. If there's any place where, as, as and where, where that's going is, then is there any time that we should depend upon the government, the, the, the federal government, to meet the needs of people that, uh, that we know have a need? Do you contribute to institutions? The same may be true institutionally. Do you give money to the American Red Cross to meet disaster needs? What do you think? In Scripture, what, does Scripture have any, any illustration, anything like that? Okay? Now, I don't want anybody to misunderstand. I'm not saying you can't do those things. But I want us to talk about them because a lot of folks do. Uh, and a lot of folks do it. A lot of folks do it just because, oh, this is a good thing to do. Well, it's not a bad thing to do as such. But is there a way? Is there an obligation? Is there something that's going on or not going on that has led to that? So just a little thing for you to think about. I know you won't have anything else to do this week, so you can be spend your time thinking about those. All right, let's close with a word of prayer. Father, again, we thank you for your word and for the practicality of your word. Lord, things and times that we don't even think about how practical God's word is to the things we deal with day in and day out. Lord, we want to do what you want us to do. We want to obey your word. We want to understand and to know. So to that end, we ask that you would continue to open our eyes and open our hearts to the things of God. Lord, to help us please you, to help us be Christ-like, as Christ-like as we can be while we are here on this earth. We know when we get to glory, we will be like him, for we'll see him as he is. Your word tells us that. While we're here on this earth, we, we still deal with our failures and our problems. But, Lord, help us. Help us to be uh, holy. Help us to be as 
good a follower of Christ as we can be. So even in our worship, in the, in the hour to follow, help us, Lord, in our worship by your Spirit. Go with us in this week. Lord, use us. Perhaps the things that we're, we're considering will have reason to make application this week. So guide us, help us to be aware of our own needs, especially of the needs of those about us. Lord, the needs of one another. And to the extent you give us the ability to meet those needs, help us to be like this good Samaritan who basically gave of everything he had to give short of his life. And we have the example of Christ who gave his life. So, Lord, help us to be ready and willing to do what you would have us to do, to use wisely and in a manner that's pleasing and honoring to thee, Lord, as we go throughout life. Go with us, we pray, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen.